Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Buckswire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Buckswire editor, Luke Easterling. All right, welcome into the Buckswire Podcast. Luke, good to be back with you, my man. And uh, just, just another week, right? Normal week in the in the office? Yeah, yeah, nothing special going on. No, no, no stories. Yeah, this is um, this is a big game, Bucks Patriots. At least out here in New England, where I'm at, it, it feels like uh, the game of the century, and I want to get into it. But you know, first, uh, it's an angry Bucks team, and I think Patriots fans have to be worried about that. Like Brady's going to be pissed, the Bucks are going to be pissed coming off of this game against the Rams. But you know, I know there's one guy who's not super surprised, and that's you, Luke. Right? You kind of called this. The Bucks were kind of susceptible on defense, not tackling well, and the Rams put them to task. They did. They the Rams exposed them a little bit, and that was a rough one. Yeah, and like you said, that's it's exactly the game I expected, and that didn't keep me from getting super mad at the TV uh, the whole time, <laughs> even though I predicted exactly what was happening on on the screen. But right, you know, that's it was all there on paper. It, it, the matchup was not great for the Bucks. We talked about it. And that's what that's what played out on Sunday. They are banged up in in the secondary. They didn't have Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, just you know, no Antonio Brown. Although Tyler Johnson played really well in, in his place, but it just wasn't enough. The the Rams are really really good, really fundamentally sound team, really talented on both sides of the ball. You can't make mistakes, and you have to execute at a high level. Bucks weren't healthy. They were not executing at a high level in a lot of ways. Which, by the way, Tom Brady still went 41 of 55 for 432. Unicorn, so, as you wrote. Unicorn. Somebody somebody did. Somebody executed on He's a amazing, high level. Man. But, amazing. I mean, just ridiculous. But, you know, it's exactly what I expected. Didn't make it any less frustrating. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly what I think Patriots fans did not want heading into this week. And like I told you last week, I think the Bucks are going to win either way. But I think that losing last week might be the difference between Brady throwing four touchdowns and throwing seven because he's going to be super pissed. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not going to be a good weekend for Patriots fans, and we will get into that. Uh, but we, I want to lead off talking about the defense a little bit, especially that secondary. Help is on the way. Richard Sherman, he is now a Buccaneer, right? We talked about it being possible last week, Luke. Well, he's officially a Buck, and he was a free agent forever into the season, all the way through the offseason. I, I kept waiting for someone to pick up Richard Sherman. Uh, but, you know, he's had kind of an interesting offseason season. He was banged up a lot last year. I think he only played five games or something. And then he had some stuff go on off the field. He crashed his car into a construction zone and he broke into his in-laws home. And then he, you know, he's got some some legal stuff going on that's probably not going to be resolved till after the season. And he's been doing some mental health stuff and therapy, I think. So it's been a, a busy offseason for Richard Sherman. But now I guess we got to see what has he got left in the tank and what can he bring to this defense? And with the injuries in the secondary uh, for the Bucks right now, 
he is a welcome addition. And, and what kind of impact do you think he can make and, and how soon? Yeah, well, I mean, help is on the way, and it's a damn good thing. Yeah, yeah, good timing. The secondary is hurting. Uh, we already talked about Sean Murphy bunting. Jamel Dean had the knee injury, which doesn't look like it's serious, but he may end up being questionable for Sunday. We're not sure yet. So, I mean, if the Bucks keep trotting out, no offense to Ross Cockrell and, uh, and Dee Delaney, who um, was uh, Greg Allman from The Athletic, good friend of mine, had uh, a great stat that Dee Delaney had five snaps to his name as, a, as an NFL player before Sunday's game. He played 53 against the Rams. That's a, that's a good team to go uh, up against to, to start, right? Yeah, not a great not a great time to need to great play 53 timing. snaps for the first time in your life against that offense. But, uh, I mean, they need it, man. They, they need it so bad. And like you said, there are you know, plenty of reasons why Richard Sherman was not on a team yet. And I think part of that, honestly, is he's his own agent. Yeah. So he's going to do what he wants and, and wait for the right moment, wait, wait for the right – situation and i think he really did that and obviously a lot of questions he's 33 he's had a torn achilles before he's had you know coming off that calf strain that cost him most of last season so you know obviously those questions are there um obviously the legal questions are probably the the more you know important you know in terms of you know it's just you there's so much you won't know about that situation right the legal proceedings won't be done until after the season all you have to do is take people's word for it right you know i mean if we listen to everything that rich said um it's you know something that was just a momentary lapse in judgment he had a bad day and was struggling with some things and obviously that's no excuse for that kind of behavior but what you do hope is it's not something that will continue what you hope is that he is, you know, serious about getting the help he needs, which is obviously something that seems like he's doing. Um, and, you know, mental health is at the forefront for everybody right now. So, I mean, it's, it's an opportunity and a learning, you know, ability to learn for everybody to see that, listen, you know, nobody is exempt from these things and these struggles. And, you know, hopefully, like I said, he is using that as a wake up call to, to, do what he needs to do for himself um and hopefully he's in a healthy place mentally to be able to to come into the league and and contribute and and maybe that helps you know Uh, again i think something he alluded to was that it was a unique offseason for him not having a training camp and not being in a team environment and those sorts of things and i don't know if that you know contributes to that you know mental state where it's just so much different and you don't know what to do with yourself i'm not i don't know but right now it looks like he is doing really well. It looks like he's ready to contribute. It looks like he's fully healthy physically as well. And I think Bucks fan, for Bucks fans, that's kind of you know what they're hoping. Obviously, anytime you can add a, a five-time All-Pro and I was a say, member, add another, another Hall of, another another of Famer yeah. of the All-Decade team <laughs> yeah. from 2010, they have five now, I believe, yeah, the, um, which the, is just ridiculous. You got Brady, Gronk, Sue, AB, and now Richard Sherman on the, the same team. It's It's hilarious. But again... Obviously, you just hope that, you know, off the field, he is getting what he needs and he's, you know, going to be healthy in that way. On the field, he's able to be back to full strength. He did say he's back to his playing weight of 195. He said that um, he struggled. He told Doug Farrar, actually, our, our touchdown wire guy in an exclusive interview, he told him that he, when he was in San Francisco, he couldn't get back down below like 208 after the Achilles. He just couldn't get the weight off. And that really heavily contributed to his you know, ability to play at the level he expects of himself. So now he's back down to 195, which is what he was in Seattle. Uh, hopefully that contributes to him being able to be, you know, some somewhere near the player we saw in Seattle.
Well, it's it's always good when Tom Brady could call another future Hall of Famer and be like, yo, we need you, Sherm. Come on over. Uh, and Sherman saying on his podcast that, uh, you know, that was that was the deal. I, I'm not passing that up. Tom Brady called me. Yeah, just another little reminder of what's going on with the Bucks, right? Just Tom Brady picks up the phone and says, yo, you can help us get over here. And, and there they are. Right? It's kind of special that that, that can well, happen. Well, and honor, honestly, what's fun about that is that someone like Sherman you know he's highly competitive. You know he takes a lot of pride in what he does. For him to admit that, <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, just tells you what Blade Brady's influence. He has no problem saying like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." When you, I think the way he phrased it at his press conference was, you know, when Brady calls, you either you either answer or you end up regretting it. Sure. So yeah, I mean, for him to admit that, like, listen, I I think I'm the best in the world, but when the goat calls, you listen. That, I mean, that's just you know a ridiculous amount of pull that that a guy like that has. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and, and it's going to be interesting. Do we think is Sherman going to play this week? I, I mean, that seems to be how they're preparing. I know I saw some reports earlier in the week that it wouldn't, you know, that that wouldn't be a consideration whatsoever. Well, he showed up ready to work on Wednesday. He's practicing, uh, and I don't, right? I, yeah. yeah, I don't see why. I mean, if you're going to have him practicing and prepping, I don't know why you wouldn't have him out there. I know that, you know, it might impact some of your defensive calls and you're going to have to pick things up, you know, communication wise. But if there's anybody I trust to, to be able to do that, it's a guy who's been in the league and playing at a high level for a long, long time. Well, it's a good one to get his uh, his feet wet with the Bucks here against Mac Jones. This vaunted passing attack with the Patriots right now going on, Luke. But no, uh, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, we're we're gonna get into this matchup, and you know this is a big deal. I'm out here in New England. This game is huge. It's like the game of the century. Belichick Brady is in Foxborough. It's gonna be so great. What does it mean to people in Tampa Bay? I, I want to ask Luke that question. We'll do that coming up next. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. Welcome to week number four of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays. After a forgettable week three, Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback of the New England Patriots, takes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. While normally I would avoid a rookie quarterback against this pass rush, the pass rush just hasn't been there yet for the Bucs. Only Washington has given up more points to quarterbacks, and that's mainly due to allowing a pair of rushing touchdowns. No team has given up more yardage than Tampa. There's a good chance that Tom Brady's offense will force the Patriots to throw more than they'd like. Running back Jonathan Taylor at the Miami Dolphins. Traditionally, I avoid players who are considered to be locks for lineups each week, but Taylor's been off to a sluggish start. In the event you're one of those antsy gamers who's looking to possibly bench him, a trip to the Miami Dolphins defense should do wonders. This unit has given up over 120 rushing yards, over 52 receiving yards, and a touchdown every 20.4 touches. This is a top 10 matchup across the board for fantasy football purposes. Lock in Taylor and expect a strong game despite the offensive line issues at the moment. Wide receiver Christian Kirk, Arizona Cardinals at Los Angeles Rams. Playing more than 60% of his snaps from the slot, Kirk is averaging a career-high in fantasy points per game and a career-high in receiving average. DeAndre Hopkins still may not be 100% by kickoff after suffering a rib injury in Week 2, and he and A.J. Green will have to contend with two of the strongest cornerbacks in the NFL. Expect the strong defense by the Rams on the outside to divert Kyler Murray to throwing inside to Christian Kirk. Rookie tight end Pat Fryer moves to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Green Bay Packers. He is clearly the go-to tight end with Eric Ebron falling way behind on the target count. And Fryermuth has been more productive. This is a matchup that has game script for pass-heavy offense written all over it. Only one team has given up more receptions to tight ends than the Packers. This is the ninth best matchup to face for yardage. And this is the fourth best team to face for scoring efficiency. Target hog wide receiver Deontay Johnson is expected to return. There's no guarantee that he'll be 100%. 
while we may be one month into the season already, it's not too late. Go over to thehuddle.com to check out our award-winning fantasy football news, information, and advice. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Luke, this game's been, uh, if you listen to Boston Sports Radio like I do every day, uh, they've been previewing this game for like two weeks and a half or something like that, like three weeks. It's been a month. Like, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, they've been previewing it since May. <laughs> exactly. There, there was like, the Saints game didn't exist last week. I'm like, uh, there's a pretty good team coming in here. <laughs> Saints, like, no Saints talk, all Brady Belichick, whatever. I loved it. Uh, I'm not complaining at all. I, I'll eat it up all day. Uh, so this is a huge deal over here. It's the game of the century. It's being talked up huge. There's going to be no season ticket holders at this game. They're all selling their tickets for like five grand a piece, even the nosebleeds. You can't get the ticket unless you want to shell out the money. I mean, it is going to be an event in Foxborough on Sunday night. What's it like, though, in Tampa Bay, Luke, for people like you, Bucks fans, people that have supported the Bucks? Tom Brady's been there for, you know, going on two years now. Like, what's this event mean to you guys? Is it as big? Do you feel the same energy? Like, what do you think? I, I definitely think you can't replicate that. That's not, it's not the same thing at all for Bucks fans. I think it's yeah. a very different thing. And I don't, you know, you can, you can compare the, the weight of those things. And I don't think they're comparable, but they're just different in that, you know, the reason this is a big story is because of new England. It's because of what happened in new England. And if, if, Tom Brady had gone to San Francisco or the Chargers or the Titans or anybody else, we would still be having these conversations this week about wherever he went to play. Right. So, so this storyline has very little to do with the Bucks individually. Like it's wherever he went, this was going to happen whenever he went back to Foxborough. So that part is all about Brady and the Patriots um, and, and Gronk to a, to a slightly lesser degree, obviously. Sure. Yep, if, absolutely. If, if it wasn't Brady, we'd be having the same conversation about Gronk because of what he did there. But you know, for Bucks fans, I think it's something very different. And I, and I think it's the fact that they are the team he picked. And they are the team that's in this conversation because they are the defending Super Bowl champions. And they are on that level. So what it would mean to Bucks fans personally, from my perspective, would be going into Gillette Stadium, a cathedral of winning for two decades under Belichick and Brady, on Sunday Night Football, on national television, and just beating the brakes off of them. You know, put, putting your team and your franchise on that highest stage and saying, yeah, well, we have the GOAT now. We have the Lombardi. We are the defending champions with the best quarterback on the planet. And we're going to go into the place that nobody else wanted to play for 20 years on the biggest stage, and we're going to win. We're going to put up a bunch of points. We're going to dominate you. And that's going to be our our team. I think that's what it is That's what it is for Bucks fans. It's an opportunity to go in and prove that what happened was great in New England, but that it is absolutely over and that we want it to happen here. I, I think that's 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 the feeling. That makes perfect sense, and I think uh, I think that could easily happen. I think the Bucks could come in here and really slice and dice Bill Belichick and the Patriots because I think the big storyline, like X's and O's storyline, is who's got the edge, right? 
Is it the coach, Bill Belichick, who probably feels like he built the GOAT, right? He built Tom Brady and and probably to you know an extent he did. He helped develop Brady early in his career uh, until Brady became just bigger than life, right? Later on in his career and where he's at now. I mean, I think he, he transcends any coach or franchise at this point. He is his own entity. Um, but it's like, who's got the ultimate edge? The coach who, who has to know Brady better than anybody or the player, Tom Brady, who he has to know exactly what Belichick's going to do to him and knows Belichick inside and out. And my answer to that, this, Luke, is it's so clearly Brady in my eyes because he's got the personnel. He's going over there with Gronk, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and his crew, and he's going into Foxborough. And I don't care what game plan Belichick throws at him. I think Brady's going to have a good idea what Belichick's going to do. And Brady's weapons are going to be too much. And just the whole thing with Brady being Brady, the Bucks being the Bucks. I think as much as I want to say it's Belichick Brady, it's really the personnel versus the personnel. And I think the Bucks have better personnel. So I think going into this game, I side with Brady and the Bucks. I think, uh, you know, I'm a Patriots fan. I have it my whole life. And I think it's going to be a long night on Sunday night. I think you nailed it. And I think it has to do with, with the horses, man. You got to have the guys. And, Bruce Arians had a great quote a few weeks ago. He said that players win games and coaches lose them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's a very, uh, a very astute evaluation of the situation. And I think that, you know, Bill Belichick can prepare his team as well as anybody in, in probably NFL history can, but he can't go out there and execute for you. And I think there's a lot of youth on his team on both sides of the ball. I think there, you know, are guys that he's going to be relying on in key positions and and guys that aren't even young, but are new to the team. He went out and they, they made a bunch of free agent signings, spent a bunch of money. And as the bucks can attest to last year, that takes time to gel. That takes time to to come together and to understand scheme and to understand, you know, what the guy in front of you is going to do. If you haven't played with that player for, for more than a few games. So, I think, you know, again, Bill Belichick is going to have his guys ready to play and he will have a, a game plan based on all of that, that experience against, Tom, you know, with Tom Brady as to how to defend him. But that's going to go both ways. Brady's going to know that. And, Brady, you know, Brady was saying the other day in one of his interviews that, you know, he knows everything about what it feels like in the experience of playing, especially on Sunday night at Gillette Stadium. He knows exactly every down to the the tiniest hair of what the Patriots are going to do to prepare for this game. He knows inside and out what's going to happen. And, you know, Belichick, I suppose, could say the same about Brady, but what about everybody? You know, what about all those names you just mentioned, right? You know, all of those players, the Bucks just have way more talent on both sides of the ball. And Belichick will have a solid game plan, a a great game plan, and, and do the best he can. But at the end of the day, the Bucks are just a better team and they also have Tom Brady actually on the field impacting the game from a player standpoint and an execution standpoint. And I, I think for all of those reasons, I agree with you. And I think the edge goes to Brady. Yeah, it, this this whole thing with Brady coming back to Foxborough, it's going to be an emotional thing for. Did you get, did you get your T shirt? Did you buy your T shirt uh, from Brady's site yet? Not yet. I, I bought enough from Brady's site, Luke. It's, <laughs> it's like sad how much I bought from that site. So no, not yet. But you know, it's going to be an emotional night. How emotional will it be for Brady? I think there's like this sneaky 
opportunity. This is there's one chance I'm giving the Patriots to stick in this game, Luke, and it has nothing to do with football. And I I rolled this out with our friend uh, Henry McKenna with the Patriots Wire. I rolled this out. Mm-hmm. Henry almost laughed me off the uh, the mic. He almost told me to go to bed. It almost shut down the podcast right when I brought this up. But I'm going to bring it up for you, Luke. This is a take I've been workshopping. I think the Patriots have one shot. We're going to do it after the break. But first, our friends at the Sportsbook Wire have their play of the week. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of BetSlip and Podcast and SportsbookWire.com here with my colleague Jeff Clark to break down the marquee Sunday night football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New England Patriots. The Buccaneers are six and a half point road favorites at minus 122 odds in the battle of Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Buccaneers are my pick to win by seven or more. This line seems soft. I don't care about Brady Belichick. This is a Super Bowl caliber Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Hasn't looked apart so far. Better days are ahead, and those are going to come against rookie Mac Jones and the Patriots. Jeff. I'm with you. I got the Buccaneers. I'll lay more than a touchdown or whatever it gets to. Brady's got all the motivation and all the help around him that Belichick doesn't. And Mac Jones is graded out or, excuse me, is discussed as if he were better than the rookie quarterbacks, whereas I think he's as bad as the rookie quarterbacks. And we should see a get-right game for the Tampa Bay defense that struggled through the first three weeks. I'll lay whatever with the Bucs. Let's just call it a touchdown. That was your typical sports book. Fantasy Minute. Win your fantasy football league with TheHuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Luke. So coming into Foxborough, we talked about it. I don't think the Patriots have the horses to go up against the Bucks, and I think Brady is going to uh, surgically slice and dice this defense. I'd feel a lot better if like Stephon Gilmore was here healthy so you could put Stephon Gilmore on Mike Evans and put JC Jackson on Chris Godwin and then put Adrian Phillips on Gronk. And it's like, all right, like maybe you could cover them a little bit, but you know, I don't like the personnel. I don't like the matchups. I think the Bucs are going to slice and dice uh, Bill Belichick's defense. So the Patriots only have one chance. It has nothing to do with physical uh, football. It's the emotional game, right? They have to turn Brady into a puddle of his own emotions, Luke. They have to play uh, tribute videos, not just one, but like every quarter. They have to stop the game when he breaks this passing record, uh, Drew Brees' passing record in Fox. They have to stop the game, and I want Robert Kraft to like wheel the stage out onto the field and do a speech, and I want Bill Belichick to come across and give Brady a hug. I want to see Brady crying in the national anthem. I think the only chance you have if you're the Patriots is to break Tom Brady's like will get him nostalgic and emotional and then attack when his guard is down. So that's my big take. And, and Henry McKenna laughed me off the mic, as I said. He, he's not buying it. But I think that's what the Patriots got to do, man. They got to attack the uh, the emotional, nostalgic side of Brady and hope that plays in their advantage. And that's their only chance. Here, here's what I'll say. I'm, I think I agree with you. It is their only chance. I'm going to tell Henry that. I'm going to text him no right chance. now. Right. It is why they have no chance because that – even if that were to happen, all of those ridiculous things that you just said were to take place, Brady would just be mad and might just throw 10 touchdowns instead of seven because yeah, he's 
you don't want to get be mad. annoyed. Yeah, he's that's just going to be annoyed. Like, oh my god, get this over with. Stop <laughs> doing this. I just want to win the football game and annihilate you even worse now. So, I think it honestly could backfire, even if they tried. Uh, but I think you're right. It might be their best chance, but it might actually go the other way. Yeah, you got to press the right button, Luke. I, I don't know how you do that. And hopefully there's people smarter than me that can come up with that. You got to push the emotional button, not the anger button. Cause you're right. Hey, you can't hey, piss Brady what, off. what about Tom Brady over the last 22 years has told you that he's the kind of person that would get, that would allow his emotions to override his game day execution and preparation. Is there any evidence whatsoever that leads you to believe that that is possible? Of course not. I'm grasping at straws here. I'm trying to find an angle. <laughs> uh, so we're looking at the typical sportsbook app, Luke, and uh, the Bucks. at last check, it was at six and a half. Is that, I know it's been bouncing from seven to six and a half. Have you seen the latest line? No, I haven't, but I, I, I like that. Yeah. I, I'll take six and a half. Same here. <laughs> I think I think the people going out there being like, you're giving Belichick six and a half points at home on Sunday night. I'll take it. It's like, no, you're stupid. Don't do that. No, 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 this no. This is no. not it's not 2012. Yeah, this is like, not the time to bring out that. I've seen that all over my Twitter timeline. It's like, no, 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 no. Do not bet the Patriots in this game. We were talking before we started recording, Luke. The Patriots came into this season with two strengths, right? Their offensive line. They bolstered that offensive line. They brought in Trent Brown, moved him to right tackle. And the offensive line was supposed to be this stout force, best in the league. And then they were supposed to have this great defense. And so far, the offensive line has not been very good, and there's been some injuries. Trent Brown's hurt, the same calf injury that hurt him in, with the Raiders. So who, who could have saw that coming, right? Uh, so the offensive line's struggling. The defense is playing well, right? But it, th- these key moments when they got to get off the field, that week one game against Miami, there was a drive where they could have got the offense, the ball back, but Miami was able to run out the clock. So that was a stinger. And then even in this game last week against the Saints, uh, the Patriots got it to with eight, eight points. Just got to get the ball one more time to have a shot. Defense could not stop uh, Jameis Winston. And then they bring in the Taysom Hill package. And the Patriots look like they just had no idea it was coming. It's like, Taysom Hill's got to run, guys. Taysom Hill's got to run. <laughs> Tackle him. And they couldn't do it. And Taysom runs into the end zone. And that game was over. So the defense has just not been coming up big in big spots like we thought they would. And I don't think I don't know where the Patriots... I don't know what their strikes are right now. I don't know what they're doing well in any phase of the game. And they got the rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, who... They tried to let the trading wheels off Luke this past week against the Saints. They let him throw it 51 times. It didn't go so well. It didn't go so well at all. He threw three interceptions. So I don't see any reason whatsoever to pick the Patriots. If you're giving me under seven, six and a half, I'm running to whatever app I could legally place my bet on, and I'm betting on Brady and the Bucks at six and a half. Like, I think that's a no-brainer. And anybody saying otherwise are just, like you said, Luke, living in the past. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'll take that action all day, and, and I just don't see, you know, even with Belichick and his ability to prepare his team as well as anybody in this league, I just, all things considered, the talent on both sides, you know, Brady obviously wanting to, you know, have his, you know, Michael Jordan mentality where he's going to go in and remind everybody that you should have probably tried a little harder to to m- make me want to stay here. Maybe yes, uh, and maybe they, and maybe they couldn't have done anything. Maybe it really was just you know, no matter what, I want to go do something different. That's very possible, but you know, there's just nothing, nothing, even from last week. Like we said, with the way the Bucks are coming off this Rams game, and you know, AB's back from the COVID list this morning. JPP's got a shot to play, you know, with the shoulder injury. You got guys coming back. You got Sherman hopefully in the mix. 
you know, there's just no reason why the Patriots shouldn't lose this game by more than seven points. No, agree 100%. And that's coming from a, a diehard Patriots fan. Uh, total is 48 and a half, Luke. And um, I think it's weighed down a little bit because the Patriots can't freaking score. Um, but, you know, going back to my childhood, watching Brady games, watching the Patriots, you know, during their dynasty years, we would laugh at opponents that would come into Foxborough and like, kick short field goals and punt on fourth and short near midfield and just play like really conservative and think that Tom Brady wasn't going to score 30 at some point, you know, at some point during the game. Right. Like, so you have to come in when you play Brady and you have to be aggressive or else you're already dead. You in, in the Rams, like the Rams showed it, right. They were aggressive. They attacked from the opening jump and that's how you have to play Brady. You have to put points on the board. You have to score in the thirties. And I think the Patriots, I'm going to give them credit, Luke. I think they know that. They know they can't do this conservative thing they've been doing the first three weeks with Mac Jones. They're going to have to attack. And I think they let the kid throw it, and they at least try to score. I'm not, I don't think they're going to be able to score with Brady and the Bucks, but I think the over at 48.5 is what I want to pick because um, the Patriots, if they come in here and be conservative and kick field goals and punt, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. I'm going to lose it. You have to be aggressive. You have to score. So I'm going to give the Patriots the benefit that they're going to be able to do that against a banged up Bucks defense that's not clicking on all cylinders yet. And I'm going to go over 48 and a half with, uh, with some confidence, I think. Yeah, I, I I take the over and I break it down in, into each team. Is it you know what do I think Brady and this offense are capable of scoring versus what do I think the Patriots will get away with against a defense that honestly has not they've just sucked for three weeks. I mean, you can call it injuries, you can say whatever, but the guys that are on the field aren't playing very well. You know, Devin White and and Levante David are maybe the most talented linebacker tandem in the entire NFL. Where have they been? I mean, they're making tackles, but they're not making splash plays. They're not getting hands on balls. They're not making interceptions. They're not making sacks and getting after the quarterback as much as they were last year. The pass rush, where's the pass rush? Yeah, a that's sack, a great – where has it been? One sack right. per game so far this season. They had, I think, 12 sacks through three games last year. I mean, come on. We what's going on? on? We banked on that coming into the year. We thought that exactly. was just going to be there. So, so what I'm saying is, rookie quarterback or regardless, the Bucks defense is not playing well enough right now for me to have confidence in them holding, you know, the Patriots to six or nine points. So do I think the the Patriots can get out of there with a touchdown and a couple of field goals, which gives you 13 points? Sure. So if I got 13, that means all I've got to get is, you know, 35 plus if I'm Brady. Do I think Brady can hang 35, 38 or more on this team? Absolutely, I do. Uh So, you know, Tampa Bay's defensive struggles through the first three weeks with the, like you said, the the understanding that that Belichick is smart enough to know he can't just sit back and and be conservative for four four quarters in this game. Uh, He's got to attack right away and be aggressive. I think there will be yards and points to be had against this Bucs defense based on the way they've been playing so far this season. So wouldn't shock me at all to see, you know, to see the Patriots get in the end zone a couple of times and get a few field goals and, and combine that with what I think Brady and this offense are capable of and will absolutely pull up, put up in this situation. And I, I take the over all day long. Yeah, I like I like any total in the 40s to, to go over. You know, I mean, I, if you're giving me... It feels easy, right? Yeah, it, does. it feels really easy to yeah. get there. What does Vegas know? Why is the line six and a half? Why is the total 48 and a half, Luke? Because I feel very confident, which is usually a bad thing, which usually means I shouldn't bet it. Uh, but, <laughs> but something tells me I'm going to want to just... I might as well put the wager down this week and be just to make just to make this weekend even more stressful, Luke, because not only is Brady coming home to, you know, just slice and dice my Patriots, but my wife and I have a baby on the way expecting any time, right? Any day could be this week, could be next week 
could be this weekend, could be during kickoff. You know, that's what I've been predicting since the summer, that it's going to come right during kickoff of that game. But um, we have that thing looming. So uh, I'm just a ball of anxiety and stress right now. It's, it's great. It's great being me. Man, hey, soak it up. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy for you guys. Appreciate that. Congratulations. And uh, when you look back on it, no matter when, it's going to be a fun story uh, to tell. Yeah, it's a boy. So we'll see. Maybe he wants to maybe he wants to see the game, right? Maybe he wants to see Brady's uh, return. So if that's the case, then then that's the case. We'll deal with it. There's TVs in the hospital nowadays. This is not like 1985 when I was born. Is your, is your wife going to kill you if you name it Brady, <laughs> if that happens? Oh, I already got the name through. You want to take a guess? It, it's not Brady, but it's it's you're on the right track. Oh man, is it Thomas? Did you go, <laughs> no, did you go no. Tom I no. tried every. I tried every. Gillette. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely Gillette. <laughs> no, that's a terrible name. <laughs> uh, Julian. Yes, you, you love Let's that, go. don't you? Don't you love it? It's great. Oh man, it's great. You're gonna have a slot receiver for life. I, I love it. I threw it at her. She's like, "Oh, I love that name." I'm like, "Done. I'm in. Let's go." So, Done. Jules. Yeah. Jules, Jules is happening. Man. Jules. Yeah. So I told my dad that he. I thought he was gonna like run a lap around the house. He was so excited. He's like, "Jules," you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're stoked. So Jules is coming. He's on the way. But he's been happy in there, man. Due date's October 9th, and uh, he's been happy, not trying to come early. So let's see. We'll see if he wants to wait until after October 3rd. We'll see. We'll see how that, see how that plays out. But, you know, we usually say, hey, we'll be back next week to break it all down. I guess, I guess you know, you're, you're we'll in this see. time. Yeah, we're in this we'll see mode. So um, I'm just saying we'll, we'll be back, Luke, um, as soon as possible to, to talk about the Bucks. right? Is that is that the safest thing to say i love it i love it <laughs> all right hey everybody thanks for joining us we appreciate you and um enjoy this game this weekend it's gonna be it's gonna be epic and uh, we'll talk to you next time this usa today sports podcast has been presented by usa today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.